Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Again, if you're a guest, we're so glad that you're joining us here today. Uh, you know, Yesterday morning, when I first realized that I wasn't going to be able to be there in person with you delivering the message, I want to let you know I was pretty disappointed. I was really looking forward to this Sunday. As many of you know, we just finished a series, and we're going to be launching next week into a brand new series called The Real McCoy. And This weekend was really going to be a time to cast some vision for, for where we're going. And, and what I had prepared was I was going to prepare a message that uh, talks a little bit about these bracelets. And maybe you've seen these around. We've been wearing these for about two years. It's called BYSS. And I introduced these bracelets to our church uh, back in October of 2019. And obviously, the world looked a little different back then. And even for our church, it looked a little different. And I was going to talk about that and, and really the heart of what these bracelets mean. And so when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to be there and share with you in person, what we decided is to say, you know what, let's go back to that message and let's, let's watch that together. And I really am excited to see it show that like i said it wasn't really my plan but if you know what this means it says because you say so it's because of what jesus says it's not always what i want it's not always what we might think might be best but i really believe in all my heart that this is the message that jesus wanted you to hear this sunday which is why we're doing this so i hope you enjoy this message um to get started off i'm going to ask you three questions and these are three questions that i don't like these are three questions that are, are difficult questions. And again, if you're a guest, you're totally off the hook. I'm not talking with you. What I'm saying is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, or more specifically, if you've said this is your church home, Celebrate Yankton is where my church family is, these are three very important questions we need to ask ourselves. And I don't want a show of hands. I don't need you to call anything out. I, and we're not trying to embarrass you. We're not trying to put you on the defense. I'm just going to ask these three questions and quietly in your heart, I just want to see where you're at because I think these are three very important questions that we need to ask ourselves. Here's the first one. And again, these are, these are tough questions. Who have I led into a relationship with Jesus Christ in this past year? Is there anyone in your life that you have led to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the past year? Here's the second one. Is there anyone in your life that you have openly shared your faith with this past month? Now, I don't mean that you sat down and went through your Bible or did the four spiritual laws. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is in the last month, is there anyone in your life that you've just said, hey, guess what? This is what God's done in my life. And, and share with them the promises and the blessing that he's done in your life. Or, or share with them just as Bruce just did right there. That, that, that's what we talk about when we say sharing our faith with somebody. This is what God's done in my life. Is there anyone in the last month that you've done that to? Here's the last one. How many of you have prayed with someone this past week? Either out loud or just to yourself. Strategically prayed for someone. See, nothing warms my heart as a parent more than when my children care for other people. When I see my children caring about other people ahead of themselves, as a parent, my heart is warm and just, just blessed. And that's the same with the heart of God. And, and if that last one, if that's one you're struggling with, that's why we're doing next series. Because I believe, I don't think we get prayer. I don't think we understand prayer. That's why we're going to unpack it. So if that's one that you're struggling with right now, we'll help you with that one. And hopefully we'll help you with the other two as well. Because here's the thing. 
I, I think those three questions are the heart of what we're supposed to be doing here in this community. And I'll just go ahead and say that. Because I, I just find it interesting that as a follower of Jesus Christ, sometimes we get more excited when a restaurant comes to town. And we'll go and we'll tell everybody about this amazing restaurant that has this amazing food and all these great places and stuff. But yet, we come to a place where God changes our entire life and changes our entire eternity. And for some reason, again, the devil's a liar. And he'll, he'll want us to keep that secret. He'll want it a little embarrassed by that. To, to see what, what if people knew of, of my faith and what that was. So, um, I don't like those three questions, like I said. But I think they're very important to ask this question. So, we're going to do something else. Um, and I would like this. If in the last... Two years, either I or Elaine have done something in your life that has spiritually significantly helped your spiritual life move forward. So I'll say that again. Sometime in the last two years, if Elaine or myself has done something in your life that has helped you spiritually grow in your faith, what I would like you to do, and again, if you're a guest, you're off the hook. What I would like you to do, if that's true about you, if you could say that, something I've preached, a conversation you've had, something we prayed for, if that is you right now, I'd like you just to stand up. And church, again, I'm not doing this to, to blow my own horn. I want you just to look around. I just want everybody to look around the room. I want you to see those lives. Okay? And, and I'm going to unpack that for you a little bit. You can go ahead and sit down. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Because I'm going to show you something about that that's going to be really interesting. But while we, before we do that, I want you to go to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to unpack this, this passage that is going to be real critical. And church, I, again, the next six months of this church, this passage is what we're going to stand on. And, and maybe even for the next five years, I don't know. But this is a passage that we're going to unpack and we're going to walk through. So one day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, I'm going to give you a little Bible reading tip. If you come to a word and you don't know how to pronounce it, just say it with confidence. Okay? No one else in the room knows how to say it either. Okay? All right? So just let you out. Just say it with confidence. One day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. I want to stop right there for a second. Jesus Christ was God in human skin. He was standing in the presence of these people. And the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. That tells me two things. It tells me that Jesus knew the word of God. Friends, if Jesus knows the word of God, how much more do you and I need to know the word of God? How much more do we need to understand it and study it? Because if God in human skin needs to learn the word of God and share the word of God, we do too. But the second thing I want you to notice is that the people were crowding around him. People are hungry for the word of God. We live in a culture that, that has a lie that says that, that the Bible is irrelevant. It's, it's, not, it's not fitting our culture anymore. That's a lie. I talk to people every day, and I'm not exaggerating. And they share with me these horrible things that are going on in their lives. And the answer is right here, church. In the Word of God. People are hungry for the Word of God. They're crowding around Him and listening to the Word of God. Look at what Jesus did, verse 2. He saw at the water's edge two boats that were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now, Simon's name is Peter. Later on, God changes his name to Peter. So if we say Simon Peter, don't get mixed up. The one belonging to Simon. And he asked him to put out a little from shore. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. But I want you to unpack something from that verse. When Jesus got down in the water and pulled out from the boat a little ways on the shore... 
what would happen is if you've been there, uh, I haven't been there, but I have a friend who was there. It actually works as kind of a natural amphitheater. See, Jesus' sound would reflect off the water and the people would hear it because Jesus wanted the people to hear. Yes. Don't, don't miss that, church. See, see, when we come here, the reason why we have speakers and sound mic and why that's important is because we want people to hear the word of God. If I sit up here and I talk like this, it's going to be really hard to get the word of God, right? See my point? Amen. So we want people to hear. That's why, that's why church matters. Okay? That's why we get here at 8.30 in the morning and we do things like run cords and put up speakers because lost people matter to Jesus Christ. They want to hear the word of God. And Jesus thought of this 2,000 years ago. That's why he got in a boat and put out of the way from shore. See, we miss that if we don't understand what's going on. I got a lot more. This is going to be good. You guys are going to be blessed today. Amen? Amen. All right. <clears throat> when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Church, we're at a crossroads in the life of this church. The reason why I had you guys stand up to show that, and I wanted you guys to see that, we'll unpack this a little bit more, but I don't want you to miss that. The first part of this passage is what we're doing. We're sitting by the water, we got a boat, we got a crowd, preaching the word of God and saying the word of God. God has honored that. God has blessed that. And God has allowed us to do that. Church, I love that. But that's not why I came to Yankton. I came to Yankton because God called us to deeper water. Jesus looked at Simon Peter and he said, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And I don't want you to miss what Simon Peter said. Luke 5, 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught Anything. If you got your notes, I want you to take them out. That's those note sheets. Those are important, church. If you need a pen, we'll get you one. You're going to want to write these things down. One more time, we're going to talk about the three keys of every guardrail. And I'm going to unpack it from this passage. The first one is the key of authority. And when it comes to our faith, the question we need to ask is, where do I place my faith? Where do I place my faith? Simon Peter said, Master, we worked hard all night. Peter was a fisherman. This was his livelihood. It was probably his parents' livelihood. It was probably his grandparents' livelihood. He was a hard-working man. He knew about fish. If you don't know about fishing in that time, in that area, you did it at night. Do you know why you fished at night? Because that's when the fish were biting. So the fishermen would go out in their boats at night. They would work hard all night to try to catch the fish. Peter understood this. Peter knew that. And here's some preacher that comes to town. He's got a nice little crowd. gives a nice little message. And the preacher looks at him and says, hey, let's go try to catch some fish. And Peter said, master, we worked hard all night. And we haven't caught anything. How many times in our lives do we rely on our own understanding? Look at what Proverbs 3, 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Say it one more time. Lean not on what? You know how you're leaning on your own understanding if you're the only voice in your head? Lean not on your own understanding. If Jesus needed God's word, how much more do I need it? Can I help you with something? If you didn't open your Bible this morning, you've been leaning on your own understanding. And that's what you basically told Jesus Christ. I don't need you. I got this, Jesus. I'll rely on my own understanding. Too often we do that. Here's the second thing we rely on. We rely on our circumstances. Master, we worked hard all night, and we've caught nothing. We've already done it that way. 
I've heard it said this way. I was happily married and I went to church and guess what? It didn't work. I tried that faith thing. She still left me. I did nothing wrong. My job, my boss was just awful, terrible, and I got fired for no reason. I prayed that God would change that and pray that God would save my job, and I still got fired. I prayed for healing. I have a friend who used to love Jesus, and her brother was sick, and she prayed for his healing, and he died. And she said, I can't serve a God that does that. I can't, I, I want his healing. Why would God heal this person, but not my brother? How about this one? I poured into this ministry, but I don't see the results that I desire. See, too often, instead of relying on our own understanding, we look around. We spend too much time looking at our circumstances. Master, I worked hard on life. I didn't catch anything. We tell God our circumstances. There's no greater example of this than the children of Israel. If you're not familiar with the Bible, I'm going to give you a quick flyby. There's a family that were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And God said, I'm going to come and send Moses. I'm going to set you free. It was an amazing moment. They walked out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. And they hadn't gone three days. And they started complaining. We don't have any water, Moses. God provided water. Again, this is the fast forward version. We don't have anything to eat, Moses. What are we going to eat, Moses? God provided bread from heaven that they picked up six days a week. God, we hate this bread. We have all this bread all the time. Just manna, 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 God. When can we have some meat? God provided quail from heaven up to their necks, the Bible said. God said, don't test me on this. And then he brought them to this promised land, the land he promised them. And he said, go and take the land. It wasn't optional. He didn't say, think about it. He didn't say, form a committee and see if that's a good idea. He said, go and take this land because I've given you this land. And they looked at the land and they said, oh, it is a good land. But guess what? There's giants in the land. Oh. There's our circumstances. And they actually said to God, God, it would have been better for us to die in the wilderness than to go into this land and be killed and our kids taken captive. And you know what God said to those children of Israel? He said, thy will be done. See, we talk about this all the time. We can say to God, thy will be done, or God will say to you, thy will be done. You've got to pick one. If you're looking at your circumstances, God might look at you and say, thy will be done. And he said to the children of Israel, and all of them, just as they said, they all died in the desert. But their kids went in and they took the promised land because God is a God, a faithful God, a promised God. So instead of myself, instead of my circumstances, I need to put my faith in my God. Amen. I'm going to put my faith in my God. That's number three. How many of you remember, and I want to show hands in this one. How many of you remember the WWJD bracelets? Anybody remember those? Oh, look around the room. Look at that. All right. You put your hands down. I love these, by the way. I, in about late 90s, probably the early 2000s, WWJD. If you're not familiar with what it is, WWJD stood for what church? What? What would Jesus do? We'd have these little bracelets and we'd wear them around and we'd say, what would Jesus do? Now, I'm going to make a statement. Okay, and nobody storm out of here, all right? Don't, don't pick up the rocks, just hold, just hold on. I'm gonna make a statement that's gonna be kind of radical. I don't wanna ask, what would Jesus do? I don't wanna be a church that asks the question, what would Jesus do? I go, whoa, all right, you got your attention? I wanna be a church that does what Peter says in Luke 5, 5. And I want, look, look at somebody and say, Luke 5, 5. Luke 5, 5, master. We worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And here's the key. But because you say so, I will let down our nets. 
BYSS, because you say so. Where's it found? Five. Where's it found? Five. BYSS, because you say so. Do you know why you struggle with your faith journey? Because you haven't settled this in your heart yet. Because you say so. How many of you are parents of teenagers? Had teenagers? Okay. Pray for those people. All right? Right? How many times as a parent you want to just say, because I said so, right? How many times? Because I say so. It's the same thing with Jesus. Because you say so. Jesus, this person is a jerk. They're just rude. They're awful. They're horrible to be around. You know what Jesus says? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I have to love that person? I got to pray for them? Yep. Because you say so. Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. They've done hurt in my life. They've destroyed my marriage. They've destroyed my kids. They've done fill in the blank. You know what Jesus says? Forgive as your Father in heaven has forgiven them. Because you say so. Pastor, this is what I like about church. I'd rather have this. I'd rather have this. This is what I, I don't like about this church. I've been to this church before. This is what they, this church did. And this church did that. You know what Jesus says? The Son of Man came to seek and save. That was lost. It's not the healthy who need a hospital. It's the sick. This church is going to be a hospital for the sick to come. As long as I'm the pastor because Jesus says so. Pastor, I, I love them. Can't I live together with them? Can't, I know we shouldn't have sex before marriage, but pa pastor, I, Jesus says, for this reason, a man will be joined with a woman and the two will become one because Jesus says so. Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to pay my bills. I have all these bills to pay. I have all this debt. I don't know if I have enough money. I don't know how am I going to make it through. You know what Jesus says? He says, look at the lilies of the field. They don't spin their toil, but yet I tell you what, Solomon, not all of his splendor was dressed as glorious as one of those. How much more does your Father in heaven care about your needs? Two sparrows aren't sold for a penny, but yet not one of them falls to the ground without your Father knowing about it. How much more precious are you? You know why? Because Jesus says so. That's why you're precious. Man, that person's got some issues. I see some sin in their life. Man, are they just in a tough spot. Man, they are just struggling with this sin. Oh my goodness. Somebody needs to talk to them about that. They need to change their behavior. You know what Jesus says? Before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, why don't you go and take the log out of your eye first? Instead of looking at everybody else and saying, well, what they need to do, how about you just take a look in the mirror and say, there's some things I need to change first. Take that log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to go remove the speck. Do we need to take out the speck? Yeah. When we see sin, do we need to call it sin? Yeah, we do. But we need to do it with the right heart, not out of judgment. Pastor, I gotta work, I gotta gain. Jesus says, What good is it for man to gain the whole world that uses soul? Because you say so. See, we have to settle this in our heart, church. Do we really believe what Jesus says and what it means? Now, I understand it's not as simple as that. I get that. There's some things that I don't understand. There are some things that even as your pastor, I don't get. I don't get why kids die. I don't understand that. I can't explain that to you. I don't know why God chooses to heal some people and he chooses not to heal other people. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you that. I don't know why sinful, broken people do things that hurt you. I can't understand that. But if you're here today and you have not settled the question yet of Jesus being Lord of your life, I want to give you something. You don't have to understand something to benefit from it. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to fully understand something to benefit from that. We got a great example there with Bruce said. I didn't fully understand tithing, but yet I started doing it and I benefited from it. I'm going to keep it more simple than that. 
Okay, electricity. Look at these lights. Okay? Think about what it takes to get that light bulb to work. Right? Not just the light fixture, not just the wire in the wall, not just the switch on the wall, the power cord that runs to who knows where to a power station that supplies power. Think of how that, that just blows my mind. I don't understand how electricity works, but I can still benefit from it. How about your car, right? It's, it, it's very, very clear that I know nothing about cars, okay? It's been very, very well documented that I don't understand my car. I turn the switch, if it turns on great, if it doesn't, I call somebody, because I don't know what to do, all right? I don't understand how my car works. But I tell you what, I can benefit from it, even though I don't understand it. How about the internet? Man, I can type something on this phone, and some guy in Zimbabwe can see it on a screen just like that. I have no clue how that works. I don't understand that, but I can still benefit from it. See, church, there's going to be some things this side of heaven that we won't understand. The Bible says, then we will know fully, even as we are known fully. Now we see but a poor reflection in the mirror, but there we will see clearly. I don't know why that happens, but we still need to settle this question, because you say so. And I want to help you with this. Peter didn't understand everything. But look at what Peter did. Go back to verse 6. When they had done so. Look at somebody and say, when they had done so. See, we want God to move in our life and God sitting back and going, you know what? I'm ready to move. Are you? When they had done so, listen to what happened. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partner on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Friends, when you obey God, not only will your life overflow, it will overflow into the lives of everyone else around you. Go back to those first three questions I talked to you about. When you obey God, when you say, God, because you say so, your life will be so full, it will overflow so much, everyone around you will absolutely know exactly what's happening. You have no idea the impact it can have on people. And that's why I had you guys stand up before. That's another thing I wanted to just talk to you about that. If we've impacted, if Elaine and I have done something that have impacted your life spiritually, think about that. It's because you say so. It's because we sat in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, very comfortable. I've said this many times, and hear me say it again. We had, our, we had literally just bought our dream house. Talked to Elaine about it. It was amazing. We both were in ministry full-time. Had a job that I wanted to have for two years. Loved it. It was great. I had amazing friends. It was the only home our kids knew. And God said, Yankton. And I've never looked back since. And, and people ask me, Jeff, are you surprised? Or are, are, you, are, you, um, are you surprised at what God's done through Yankton? And I said, no, because God said so. I, I, I can honestly tell you, I have never once doubted our church or what God's doing here in Yankton. I have never once done it. Because if God called you to it, he's going to see you through it. If God has called you to it, you can't fail. Now, it might look differently than your success and what God says is success. That might happen. But because you say so, and friends, this is the next part that I don't want you to miss. Look at verse 8, because I think sometimes we blow past this part, and I don't want to do that. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Friends, sometimes when we come into the presence of God and we understand who we are, when we see the power of God work, we're truly broken. Our response is to push away. And I'm just going to get a little personal, Okay. Because I love you. There have been some people that were in this room that are no longer sitting in this room. And they, 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 what happened was 
Not because they're mad at the church, not because we should have done this, or we should have sang this song, or we should have went here, or we should have went there. None of that. It's none of that. Anytime anybody comes in the presence of God and sees Jesus for what he is, and they push away, this is the reason we're here. Because they see something in their own heart, and they push away. And they might not say it that way, but that's what it is. They say, I'm not worthy. There's some stuff in my life. And it might come out as, all oh, those people are a bunch of hypocrites. What they're saying is, no, I'm the hypocrite. See, see when we, have, we want to be a church that it's okay not to be okay. We want to be a place where people can come and feel welcome. Because when, they, when that happens, church, and it happens, I've seen it. Where people come in the presence of God and then they push away. And I want you to know as your pastor, I push in. And church, I want to employ you to push in. If there are faces in this room that you no longer see that were here, I want you to know this. I will, I will talk with you. I will talk with them. I will get you connected to them. That's what we need to do as a church family. We need to push in. Because Satan is a liar. And he'll tell us lies. And we know that coming here and being part of this, it's not about coming to church, right? It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with understanding who Jesus is. And because you say so, and because I love you, I have to push in. Look at what Jesus said to Simon Peter, verse 10. Don't be afraid. Church, that's a powerful message we can tell somebody. Listen, don't be afraid. I know you feel guilty. I know you don't understand how this works. I know this is going to be a problem. But don't be afraid. From now on, you are going to fish for people. I want to do something pretty cool here. I want to show you something. we got a picture I'm going to put up on the screen. Go ahead and put that up there. If you don't know what that is, that is St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. That's the Vatican where the Pope lives. We'll just say it that way, right? Okay? Now, why am I showing you this picture? I want to show you think about something. This is pretty cool. I think about stuff like this sometimes, all right? I'm a little weird, but that's why I'm a pastor, okay? Think about this for a second. Think of Jesus standing on the shore, and he's got Peter standing there with him, right? Fisherman Peter. Businessman Peter, right? Simple guy. Lives in Galilee, corner of the Roman Empire is forgotten. Galilee is an insignificant part of the world. And he picks Peter's boat to go and preach a message. And that's pretty cool. Now, if that were all we knew about Peter, right? Jesus came to earth and he picked your boat to come out and preach it. That would be pretty cool. And then he told you to take your boat out, right? You listen to him because you say so. And you pull in this giant catch of fish. Wow, look at this. Isn't this awesome? Isn't that cool? Now, if that's all history ever knew about Peter, that would be pretty cool. I'd take that. You get your name in the Bible, that's, that's pretty awesome, right? Here's what I want you to figure out today. In church, this is why we're at a crossroads in our church. Think about this. What if Jesus would have gone to Peter, and he was God, he could do this, and he pulled back the veil of eternity, and he said, Peter, come here, I want to show you something. And he showed Peter this picture. And he looked at Peter and he said, guess what? That's going to be your tomb. Because that's why it's there. Because Peter, we know, was martyred in Rome. And the church believes that's where his, his burial part was. I don't know if that's true or not. But this place was built for you. Peter, look at this. Look at, look at how literally millions of people for generations are going to come and visit your tomb. Look at that. Isn't that cool, Peter? But Jesus didn't do that, did he? What did Jesus do instead? He said, from now on, you will fish for people. Why do I tell you that? You have no idea what hangs in the balance of you saying no to Jesus. I want everybody to take these wristbands right now. And I want you to understand something. You have a legacy. 
that goes far beyond your life. You have an impact that goes far beyond your family, beyond your friends, beyond this community. And I wonder what would happen if a group of people in Yankton, South Dakota in 2019 made that commitment to say, Jesus, I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. We've worked really hard. It's not doing what we want to do. My life isn't exactly where it wants to be. But Jesus, because you say so, we're going to go to deeper water. And, and not just the catch that we're going to get that's going to be awesome, because look at what happened. Look, look verse 11. They pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. You see what Jesus can do? See, Peter caught the catch of a lifetime, and he left it behind for Jesus because Jesus said so. Church, here's the decision point. If you want to, I want you to go ahead and put this on your wrist. And if you don't put it on your wrist, I want you to know that's okay. We're not going to look around. We're not going to. If, you, if you're not ready for that, that's okay. In fact, I kind of rather that you don't if you're not quite ready to do that. But if this is on your wrist, it means because you say so. It's a scary thing to surrender to Jesus. Say, okay, Jesus, whatever you need, because you say so. We have no idea what hangs in the balance. We have no idea. Our God has far more than we could ever ask or imagine planned for us in our lives. And we can have an impact far reaching this community. God has put some things in my heart right now that I'm just, I'm just burning inside because I believe that God wants us as a church to go deeper water. And it's going to be that commitment, that surrendering to say, because you say so. So I want us to bow our heads. And right now in this room, there are three groups of people. Maybe there's somebody in this room who has never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to do that today. We can take care of that right now. We can say, because you say so, Jesus, I don't understand it. I don't get everything. But because you say so, I'm going to surrender my life to you. Maybe there's somebody here today who maybe you grew up in the church and you had faith for a while, but maybe you've drifted away. Maybe in your life something's come up and, and you've kind of lost that faith or that passion. If that's you, I want to say welcome home. And, and today you can say to Jesus, because you say so. Jesus, because you say so, I'm going to recommit my life to you. I'm going to do the things that I know that you're asking me to do. I want to give you a chance to do that today. But there's a third group of people in this room that I want to talk to. And maybe you feel like you've been working hard all night, but you haven't caught a thing. Maybe you're not quite sure where your ministry is at in this church, or maybe you, you haven't felt connected or whatever that means. I'm going to ask you to say, because you say so, Jesus, I'm going to commit to making this my church home. And not just, not just show up on Sunday. I want to come and be a part of it. I want to serve. I want to give my gifts so that we can share your love. Maybe there's a name of somebody that God's putting on your heart right now. And I would encourage you, please don't invite them to church. Invest in them. Don't invite them. Invest in them. Whatever that name is, God's put on your heart. Church, every single one of us invest in one person. Think of the impact. Think of the ripple effects of that. We'd outgrow this room pretty quick. I know that. And again, not because we want a big church, but because, again, this is going to change their life. And if we're investing in people not inviting them, God's going to do that work. And there's going to be, boats are going to be full 
in this community. Where are you at on that? Jesus, I thank you so much that you looked at a lowly fisherman in the armpit of the Roman Empire whose life was insignificant. He said, hey, let's go fishing. God, I feel like that sometimes. Our community isn't the biggest, not even in our state, not even in our region, God. But sometimes you like to take the small and the insignificant things and you like to show your great work through them. So the world can look up and say, guess what? I know that Jeff Toddy's not that good. That had to be God. God, I see what this church is doing and I know that these things about it, God, but that has to be your power, your spirit. Jesus, we have no idea what hangs in the balance of eternity. But we do know this. One day, every single person in this room will stand before you and you're going to ask us two questions. Did you trust me as your Savior? And the second question is, who did you tell? Who did you bring with you? And God, I'm asking that every person in the sound of my voice, whether in this room or watch online, could be able to look at you and say, look at the multitude that I brought with you, Jesus. Look at the multitude because your life, because of your investment in me and my investment in them has now grown and all these people can come home. God, I can't wait for that celebration one day. We're going to be standing in heaven partying together. And what a glorious, glorious day that will be because you say so. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless. Thank you.